Welcome to CrossGen Pride, a podcast series created by the Monmouth University School of Social Work's LGBT Plus Older Adult Project. In each episode, we hear unique personal stories from LGBT Plus people within our communities. Through conversation, our goal is to increase understanding and bridge the gap between generations. Thank you for listening to CrossGen Pride. On today's informational episode, Mars and Becca interview Robin and Nicolette from the Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey. Robin Cohen is the Director of Programs and Services for Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey. Robin holds a Master's in Educational Psychology, credentialed in Medical Education, is a Certified Dementia Care Practitioner, Certified Montessori Dementia Care Professional, and lecturer with over 25 years of healthcare and medical education experience across public and private health sectors. Robin leads multifactorial program initiatives to address unmet needs, supporting education solutions for care providers and communities. In her position with the Alzheimer's Association, Robin directs dementia-related disorders and Alzheimer's disease community and family education programs care and support services, caregiver support groups, early stage social engagement programs, and community partnerships for Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey Chapter. Nicolette Vasco, LSW, MSW, CMP, Program Coordinator, Programs and Services, Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey Chapter from 2016 to 2021. In her role, Nicolette coordinated community education programs, provided oversight for volunteer recruitment, training and coordination, and managed volunteer support group facilitators for Alzheimer's Association caregiver support groups and volunteer community educators for consumer education programs. Nicolette presented in community education programs across the continuum of Alzheimer's and all other dementia developed community outreach activities and partnerships in senior care sectors to extend to the reach of service delivery. Nicolette is a graduate of Rutgers University School of Social Work. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Becca Moore. I am the co-host of this podcast with Morris Graves. I am a second year undergrad at Monmouth University pursuing a degree in social work. Specifically, I'm interested in the global and community practice. Morris, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, um, my name is Mars Graves. I'm a first year MSW student at Monmouth University. I am the MSW intern on the LGBT Older Adult Project. Um, I'm interested in both clinical practice and macro work with the LGBT community at large, as well as older adults. Today, we are joined by two guests with the Alzheimer's Association, Robin and Nicolette. Robin and Nicolette, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? Sure. Please, Nicolette, go ahead. Um, so my name is Nicolette Vasco. I am the program coordinator for the last five and a half years at the Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey chapter. Um, and I am also an MSW graduate um, recently. And I'm so glad that you guys are having us here. Um, we are happy to help. Thank you. And I'm Robin Cohn. I'm Director of Programs and Services for the Greater New Jersey Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. 
And I'm also a research champion for the region. So it provides opportunity for me to talk about our research advancements in the field of Alzheimer's and all related dementia. Thank you for having us today. Great, thank you guys so much. So without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and get started on the questions. Um, first, generally, can you tell me about what services the Alzheimer's Association provides? Um, so with the Alzheimer's Association, um, Robin and I are the programs and services team in greater New Jersey. Um, so we serve 14 counties um, from everything from Ocean County and above. Um, and we are also virtually as well. Um, during the pandemic, we switched to virtual. And now um, as we are hopefully moving out of that, we are um, serving both in person and virtually. Um, we do programs, um, educational programs to serve our communities. We um, also do support groups. So um, we have caregiver groups. We have early stage groups for people that are living with the journey. And we also have a 24 seven helpline. So people that are in crisis, people that need resources, information, referrals, just having a bad day and they want to talk to someone. Um, it's translated in hundreds of languages. Um, so we're always available to assist. Um, and uh, we also have a great deal of research um, that Robin's been spearheading. Um, Robin, do you want to talk a little bit about the research and anything else that sure. we're doing? Uh, absolutely. The Alzheimer's Association is a global leader in dementia research. The Alzheimer's Association offers education programs on the latest research developments, including disease risk factors, highlights in early detection and diagnosis, clinical trials, as well as treatments and lifestyle interventions. So the talks that we provide in the community is to be able to engage our community, to understand more about clinical research and the work that the Alzheimer's is, Association is doing around the globe as the largest funder of research uh, to be able to advance treatment. And as you probably are aware, at this particular stage, we do not have a cure for Alzheimer's disease and all related dementia. It's a very progressive neurodegenerative disease that affects people not only medically and clinically, but certainly it affects families. And as Nicolette had mentioned, we have so many programs targeted to families. Wow. So would you say uh, your clients are mostly, for the most part, um, people with Alzheimer's or their families? Yes, and also the general lay public. It's really important that we continue our information and our outreach mm -hmm. into all communities. As we talked about research before, we have a, an organization offering that is called Trial Match. It's a free, easy to use service that connects individuals with dementia, family members, and healthy participants with clinical trials based on user-provided information. And the program really helps, you know, not only accelerate progress, but provides really valuable insight into potential treatments and prevention methods. So we want our families to be informed and educated and to know how to access family caregiver resources and tools and also opportunities to really make a difference in, you know, in the world of Alzheimer's and all related dementia. 
Wow, that's really incredible. It's so nice to hear that you're not only an organization that does so much work research-wise, but also does the work with the families that are living it. Um, so often you see organizations just doing one or the other. So it's really refreshing to see an organization that does both. Um, so I know that you guys mentioned that you're both the program directors um, at the Alzheimer's Association. Can you guys tell me a little bit more about what your roles are specifically um, and what, what you do um, in those roles? Just a little bit more. Um, so my role as the coordinator, I am um, helping um, our, so we have a great deal of volunteers in greater New Jersey, and we are always in need of more volunteers. Um, we are, as I said, serving 14 counties and virtually as well, and we need volunteers to expand that reach. So um, Robin and I, being the program team, um, you know, to to be, we'd love to be in every community every day, um, but there's, there's the two of us. So having those people that are in communities that want to mobilize, want to advocate, want to um, bring those programs and educate people or want to bring support groups and be there for someone else and um, provide you know, that empathetic shoulder and um, someone that really understands the journey they're going through. Um, is so important. So uh, my role, I, I interview, I um, recruit, I um, train, mentor, work with our volunteers every day to try and execute those pieces. Um, I support Robin with programs and support groups that our community partners want to set up, whether they want to bring them to our libraries or our universities, um, their local churches. Um, so really trying to expand that reach. I think our biggest challenge is the lack of awareness. So many people come to our programs and our groups every day and say, I wish I knew about this back then. I, this was so helpful. So I think we um, daily are working towards achieving, span, expanding that reach and, and helping those families you know, every day where they're at meeting their needs. I think also what's very important is that we really seek to empower, you know, our families, our consumers through our education programs. We teach topics that include the warning signs of Alzheimer's, the 10 warning signs, legal and financial planning, living with Alzheimer's and more. And all of our programs and services are free, which is really important for our families to know they can be provided online in the comfort of our own uh, homes and also in person. We also have volunteers that speak Spanish, Mandarin and Korean language and uh, translated programs are offered to the community as well. We have so many resources. We also have a professional education site on our portal, alz.org. And their uh, family uh, members, you know, if they are in any healthcare profession, can certainly find our trainings and our certifications that are available through our dementia care practice recommendations, uh, certainly our person-centered dementia care training program. 
and Essentials certification. So lots of opportunities for people who are professionals in the field to also become informed and educated. Very important for our families to know that as well, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned those 10 warning signs. I had actually never heard of that before. Um, would you be able to talk a little bit more about that? I feel like that's super, super interesting and informative. Um, and I feel like most people might not know that necessarily. Yeah, so it's a really popular program that we teach. And um, as you mentioned, a lot of the constituents that we do serve are professionals or caregivers or, or people that are affected. But um, that particular program is also attended so much by the general population because we all have those moments, those concerns where we walk in the room and we're like, what did we come in here for? Or we were on our phone as we walked into ShopRite and we come back out and say, where did I park? Um, and is this something that I need to be concerned about? Is this something a little bit more? And really we talk about in that program kind of debunking you know, the difference between just typical age-related changes, things that we're all gonna go through. We may not jump as high, we may not run as fast, I may need reading glasses, but that is an Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is something so much more and really kind of identifying you know, what is the difference between those and um, even having testimonies of people saying their experience with something that's just that little bit more. Um, and I think that's really helpful to families to kind of guide themselves, you know, feeling reassured, you know, if, if this is something I need to see my doctor, um, but also being a caregiver saying, you know, my mom's aging, should I be concerned? Um, do I need to do something more? Do I need to advocate? Do I need to um, get her to a professional and get some help? So um, it's definitely a really popular and important topic. Um, would you be able to speak more about that hotline that was available 24 seven you mentioned? Absolutely. Um, so we, our helpline number is 1-800-272-3900. And it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, we have master level trained professionals that will answer the phone um, night or day. And um, they are always available to provide resources, enroll someone in a program, um, tell them where the local support group is, um, provide crisis management. Um, APS needs to be involved if they need um, behavioral help if there's someone that's wandering um, and they're concerned, but also if they're just looking for advice, for information, for support, um, that empathetic ear. And as Robin mentioned, we have it translated in hundreds of languages. So it's really nice that someone can speak in their native language. They're not um, having to struggle to uh, express what their needs are. Um, and we even have that literature and those programs in those other languages as well um, that we can send to people. Um, we're happy even to send resources that we may not provide, but as they're surrounding other um, difficulties or challenges that a family may have. We're not neurologists or elder lawyers, but they can call our helpline and say, this is my zip code. Can you send me a listing of elder lawyers in my area? And we'll mail it to them for free. We're happy to do that. So. 
a really great, important number for families to know about and, and anyone in the population. We can definitely list that in our, our description as well. That's great. Thank you. And yeah. then also, I'll, I'll just add on that the Alzheimer's Association and AARP has a community resource finder portal available. And that's a comprehensive database that provides access to listings of local resources, as well as community programs and services and community organizations and businesses are invited to register. And that can be accessed on alz.org CRF. And as Nicolette mentioned, we can then source different requests, whether it be a listing of neurologists, geriatric practitioners, community support, social supports, or, you know, of course, you know, elder lawyers, right? And other kinds of community resources just to help our families a little bit to be able to access that information and just make it a little bit easier for them. That's so incredible. And I really love hearing about the helpline. I have some family friends who are caregivers for individuals with Alzheimer's and I see how difficult it is and how isolating it can be for them and just how they can feel so lonely with it. And I definitely will be sharing that information with them to be able to give that to them to be able to reach out. Um, shifting gears a little bit here, since we are talking about the LGBTQ community, um, could you guys tell us a little bit more about what services you offer um, for the LGBTQ community? Well, I'll certainly start by saying that the Alzheimer's Association seeks to support diversity and create a culture of inclusivity. We recognize systemic racial and social injustices which impact healthcare disparities. And we strive every day to meet the demand for culturally as well as linguistically competent resources that are needed and programs that serve the Black and Hispanic communities, the Latinx communities, the Asian communities, all faith-based organizations, and of course, LGBTQ plus populations. And we partner with local and national organizations to advocate for policy change and provide education focused on addressing health disparities, social inequities. And what's really important is that we partner with the community. And Nicolette has you know, done such a wonderful um, job in, in order to develop relationships with SAGE and other you know, organizations in our community. So we better understand the needs, the gaps in care and support and how we could help to be able to integrate all of our services into other communities and other organizations so we help everyone. Robin's recently partnered with Garden State Equality as well. Um, we know that LGBT adults living with dementia or caregiving for um, maybe their, their own partners, their own family members, their own parents um, may face unique challenges in accessing support, um, overcoming health disparities. Um, we, know that everyone needs that help. And um, with in correlation with SAGE, we've hosted two community forums to bring people together to identify those challenges, those strengths, where we can help the most, um, those risk factors, where they go for care and support, where they're um, not feeling discrimination, where they're um, accessing care, where we can help 
Um, and we, we've also worked with SAGE and Garden State Equality to deliver educational programs. And we'd love to offer additional programs and support groups um, to people in the community with volunteers from the community. Um, so I think it's really important um, as a social worker as well, you know, that we are understanding the people that we're serving, that we're representing people that we're not coming in and saying, we have all the answers or let us solve this for you, um, that we ask people what they need and that if we are not from the community that we get educated on how we can best do that and how we can best serve people. Um, so it's been a great partnership with SAGE. Um, we've been really excited about it and we've uh, had two really great forums that we hope to continue to um, grow as well as possibly develop a committee where we can continue to serve better those um, underserved communities or again, continue to ask people, what do they need? How can we help in the roles that we're in? Great, thank you. Um, so in your experience, have you seen any um, impacts specifically with the LGBTQ plus community and their caregivers regarding dementia and Alzheimer's? Well, I, I think what's, oh, I'm sorry. I just, please go ahead, Nicolette, and then I'll add on. I was gonna say I have, um, um, I, I've worked with some amazing community members that um, I, I honestly um, had a great experience where um, a couple that I met, Robin and I actually met together. They wanted to get involved with volunteering with us and they were looking for a group. And um, I was so excited because they were looking for an early stage group and I happened to be at that next group and they had such a great experience. They said, um, we think we found our place. Um, and that really stuck with me that, you know, they felt like someone else understood what they were going through and that they could um, not only get somebody who sympathizes, but someone who is living it as well. Someone who gets it, who makes them feel welcome and supported. Um, so I, I've had that experience. And um, as I said, with our SAGE partner, um, he's just amazing. And he as well has been touched in his own family. Um, and that was an amazing story that he was so kind to share with us um, how important our resources are and how helpful they were to his own family as well. I was just going to add on that age being, you know, the most I would say uh, important risk factor still for developing Alzheimer's and dementia and knowing that LGBTQ plus older adults are twice more likely to be single, twice more likely to live alone and four times less likely to have children. And you know, age being the greatest risk factor of Alzheimer's disease, it's, it's interesting when you look at, you know, um, what we are facing in terms of a public health crisis and being able to reach out and develop community relationships and partnerships with the LGBTQ plus community is so important to the work that we do because we wanna make sure that everyone recognizes that we have resources, that no one needs to be alone, that we have tools and we have education 
and you know different services that can help all families. And we're very accepting of all, as we should be. You know, this is you know such a complex disease area that um, is continues to really um, be a public health crisis. You know, especially in our state, with over two hundred thousand people uh, diagnosed that we know of, right? And we want to make sure that barriers to care, barriers are not hindrances, right, to seeking those resources and services. So the people that we have been able to meet through these community partnerships have really enabled us, you know, to convene these conversations. And we just want to continue that great work. And as Nicolette mentioned, we can't do it alone, right? We don't have solutions. We do have so many different programs that we could offer, but we want to make sure we're offering the right thing to the right communities and that you know, we have representation from the LGBTQ plus community in all the work that we do. Thank you. I think that's so important too that you guys do realize that there is certain barriers for the LGBTQ plus community and uh, overcoming those barriers is so important. And I think that's what's so great about your association. Thank you. Yeah, um, so, I know I didn't mention this before, but if you guys wanted to share a little bit more about what your volunteers do, um, in case any listeners were interested, I think that that would be awesome. We would love to. <laughs> I will take a volunteer every day. Um, so we um, we have virtual opportunities and we have in-person opportunities. So for those that are um, maybe not comfortable during this time or find it more convenient to to log on and and assist um, or those that that want to be local and come out in their community we have both opportunities um, we have volunteers in multiple roles so we have um, educational volunteers that will present educational opportunities um, we have community representatives that will be at our health fairs that will um, be at our walks that will help us meet community partners and share those opportunities that we are out in the community delivering. We have uh, support group facilitators that deliver our caregiver groups and also our early stage memory cafes for those that are living with the journey. We have volunteers that speak Spanish and Mandarin, um, which is very helpful when serving diverse communities. We have volunteers that help with IT help. Um, so if you have that skill set, it's very in demand right now. Um, and that would be super helpful um, to assist. And data processing. Um, so if you have an interest, um, we will find the right fit for you. <laughs> um, and we would love to have you. Um, so we do actually have a volunteer website where you can actually apply and start the volunteer process. So it's um, volunteer.alz.org. And right there, you can view all the different ways you can volunteer and you can also apply for the opportunity to uh, become a volunteer. Great, thank you. Um, Mars, do you have any more questions? Um, I think that that's about it on my end. Um, Nicolette and Robin, was there anything that we didn't cover that you guys wanted to cover today? 
I think it's really important that all of our listeners know that the Alzheimer's Association is there for them. And to be able to contact us through our helpline, 800-272-3900 is really so important through you know, our website, alz.org NJ for the Greater New Jersey Chapter. And to be able to access the resources and tools that our families need. We want to make sure that uh, we include all families, all communities, all persons living with Alzheimer's and dementia in our work, because, you know, certainly our work is for our future, right? And uh, just to make sure that everyone knows that we're here um, to provide those services. Again, all of our programs and services are free. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for being here. Thank you.